My name is Zach Coma. When you're listening to the My Tech Decisions podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of my Tech Decisions podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. I've been trying to get a hold of today's guest uh, for a few months, ever since her video conferencing company became a household name and a verb that describes pretty much any video calling platform. Uh, that of course is Zoom, and that guest is Laura Padilla, the head of global business development for the company. And we talk about how Zoom handled a gigantic surge in use uh, once parts of the world were locked down due to the coronavirus. Uh, we talk about uh, new security features the company released as part of a 90-day plan to focus on security, uh, what users can expect in the coming months as the company continues to address security, and what we can look forward to uh, in the way of other features uh, like an enhanced chat function and some other things they have, they have cooking up over there at Zoom. Uh, before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with IT pros, uh, cybersecurity experts, AV integrators, software providers, and more. And now, here is Laura Padilla. And uh, just a disclaimer, the audio is not great. Um, it's not Zoom's fault, it's my fault. I had a poor connection and uh, my microphone was not really working. Um, so again, I apologize, uh, but I hope you can uh, bear with me here. Great, guys. So thanks for uh, joining us, Laura. Um, it's obviously been a busy few months uh, for you guys. Um, you know, how quickly were you able to move and scale up when from home became kind of the uh, new normal? As much as I hate that, that term. Yeah. So. As you know, as you experienced and the whole world experienced, um, we were hit with something extremely unexpected. Um, and as a result, companies were just trying to figure out how to survive and keep their employees productive and keep their yeah. business running, right? So they were quickly looking at what tools were available to them and and they chose Zoom, you know, and that was evident by um, we went from about 10 million or so active daily participants to 300 million you know, in the matter of week, right? And so the one good thing about our architecture is that since our architecture is distributed already, we're able to support um, several streams at the same time, as well as, you know, people on different networks, right? So that part is something that we have ingrained in our architecture. But we did on the back end was, um, yeah, we just partnered with, um, you know, our different data center partners to be able to turn up servers really quickly, you know, and our team was just working away at it. So um, because of that, we didn't experience really any disruptions or very limited disruptions on I mean, issues from a performance or a productivity point of view. We were able to do that really quickly. Right. I think there is one that I really heard of, of like a Sunday morning where people just can, you know, go to a virtual church for uh, for a couple of hours. But that was really the only the only outage I really heard of. Right. Yeah, it was pretty limited. If yeah. you can see that the whole world is running on us right now, so <laughs> so we yeah. were proud of the yeah. work we did to support the community. Uh, right. So you know, 
I know you guys know this, but the words you now used to describe like any video call on any platform. Um, is that kind of free advertising? And you know, what do you guys think of that? That you know, you're kind of household name now. Yeah, I mean, look, it's great for us. It's, I guess I think of it as like when think, people think of tissues, they think of Kleenex, right? They actually use the exactly. brand versus saying the word tissue, right? And now um, people say they want to go on a Zoom versus a video call. Um, and I think that just yeah. uh, ties to the fact that we're so easy to use, our popularity. I mean, our name, just our name alone, you know, and be able the name that was chosen helps use it as a verb, you know, and um, – and so with all of that, it's great. I mean, we love it, and it's only helped our adoption even more. Yeah. So, I mean, competitors are, are going to catch up. Um, so, you know, what do you guys have planned, you know, for uh, new features? And what have you, you done in the way of new features to kind of uh, keep the platform fresh and, and um, you know, easy to use? Yeah, so there's enhancing our current product set, which is, you know, Zoom meetings, which we're on now, right? So as you know, we've upgraded a Zoom 5.0, which is greatly enhances our security. We've moved to GCM. We have this um, brand new cryptographic design that we're working on, which, you know, we've actually also opened up to the open source community to be able to give us feedback on that. Um, our UI has changed, you know, if you're a host, you can also now have a security icon to be able to lock the meetings, right? Um, be able to enable waiting rooms, enable passwords, um, to remove participants that are, you know, not welcome in the meeting for whatever reason, you can kick them out. You can report them as well if there's issues around that. Um, you can also, another great feature that we've, we've done is you can also um, select which um, data center you want your data routed through. Right. So if you say you're in someone in Europe and you only want EU data centers to have access to the data, you're able to select that as well. So what we're really doing is um, bringing control to the host. Right. And to really the administrator be able to say you can host your meeting any way you want. You control it as much as you want. You have control with the way your data is also um, sent. And, um, you know, that is far above and beyond what some of our competitors are doing from that control aspect. You know, so we really listened to what our customers were saying and what they needed um, to do that. So one is just in how we're enhancing the current product set. Those are some of the security enhancement features from the UI um, and security side that I described. Um, there's also other things that we're doing from a platform point of view. So um, if you look at our marketplace, you know, we're really enhancing all the integrations that our partners can do with Zoom, right? Our API set, our SDKs. I mean, I'm on calls every day with different verticals that are now building off of Zoom, right? When you think of um, healthcare, right, telemedicine, um, being able to support all these different clinics and nurses from interacting with patients as well as being able to record information and track that information and transcribe it and all those different things. The use cases are just growing like crazy, yeah. just the number of, of cases. So the platform story and the integration story, that's going to get a lot stronger and deeper, which is going to help us grow into a ton of different verticals. I mean, all the use cases we're having, everything from churches, as you know, to networking, to yoga yeah. classes, to all that, you're going to start seeing um, a lot more of use in, in different types of applications of the product. But we're also growing our product set. So one way that we did that was Zoom Phone. So I don't know how much time you spent on Zoom phone, but 
um, you know, our core product always being meetings and the conference rooms with Zoom rooms, we knew that we had to expand how customers interacted with our platform. And so we added Zoom phone to that. So meaning that now our customers who need to be able to use a cloud PBX product and want to communicate any way they want, whether it's via the phone, whether it's over a video meeting, whether it's over chat, because our chat product will also be enhanced as well um, in the coming years, um, or over the conference room, you're able to communicate in any way that you see is possible. Um, and I can't share now, but there's absolutely uh, on our roadmap other ways that we're expanding our product set to be able to grow um, the way that customers communicate and collaborate. Yeah. Can we get into some of those uh, vertical markets where you guys have seen some interesting use? Um, so what are some really innovative ways you've seen Zoom used? And uh, you know, what may uh, you know, surprised you? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, some of the use cases that have been super creative since this whole COVID thing, like um, some of it has been things like the happy hours on Zoom, you know? Um, some of yeah, them on the consumer course. side, you know, um, I used you know before, yeah. yeah, that or like church services, you know, people using their huge webinars, you know, and, um, screens and being able to conduct church now. Um, what else? Um, a lot of educational use cases, a ton of educational use cases, not just for traditional schools, but also online learning and things like that have been, um, um, healthcare has been a huge one as well. But also just like the health and fitness, right? Like I said, the yoga classes, you know, getting pinged by a lot of um, people who are trying to conduct their health and fitness courses as well, you know, online. So, um, you know, those six or seven that I described are probably the predominantly ones that I've, I've been engaged with and talking to. And we're looking at how we can further support those since we were really built for enterprise. Really, that's what Zoom was built for. So these new use cases are kind of enhancing the feature set we're going to have to look forward to in the future. So, so you know, COVID started in Asia, then Europe, and then it made its way over here. So did you guys have kind of a, um, you know, a, an, an idea of, of what to expect for, for use in the U.S. Um, since, it, you know, the impact was uh, international first? Yeah, I mean, we obviously saw the news that it started in China, you know, in APAC, and it was moving this way. And so we did start uh, preparing and thinking about you know, how that would affect the U.S. We Obviously, nobody knew, though, it would be to this extent, you know, of shutting down the whole country, um, um, you know, to get us going. But since we did have, um, since we did come after those countries, we did have a little bit of time to prep. Right. We started seeing right away that our customers were sending people home. We were one of the first companies to send people home as well because we had the luxury yeah. to work off of Zoom. Right. So um, in yeah. office wasn't as important to us, but we did that pretty early on. Um, and right away we saw that. And so our data center teams were quickly working on getting our data centers ready for the increase in usage. And we've also had some great partners in that. Um, you know, along the way, like I think you saw Larry Ellison, um, Oracle has been a really great partner on the data center side, um, as well as AWS is one of our partners for data centers as well. So um, they were also extremely helpful. Um, what kind of what kind of free or temporary trials did you guys offer? Um, I know you probably offered some for uh, you know frontline workers, educators, etc. And you know, what are the plans for free versions um, when those uh, you know trials are over and, uh, you know, things get back normal or whatever normal is going to be. Yeah. Um, so what we did was, um, so 
in February, you know, we committed to supporting those impacted by public health, right, by the public health crisis. So we offered a technology to those to help people stay connected. And then we opened the platform to millions of all the different use cases that I talked about. But we did focus because of the need for education to stay up and running. We have over 100,000 you know, schools that are now using our platform for free. So we offer free services for K through 12 schools, right? Um, and we did that. They have to sign up online. We have to verify it. But yeah, we've been doing that just because we don't want budget to be an issue for them to keep educating children, right. and keep those services running. So that was probably a pretty much our biggest focus. Um, however, we did offer, you know, um, appropriate pricing as well for other things like, um, like, you know, um, um, healthcare institutions, for example, you know, who also were bombarded by this increase in demand, you know, and needed to, to turn up really quickly. But education was really most of our focus. Right, right. And, um, you know, so what are the plans for free versions um, when, when this is over? And is, I know there's like a time limit, I think it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, is, is, that, is that going to uh, stay? Like that, or you know, are you planning on you know, reducing those limitations on free free trial or free yeah. versions? Yeah. So we don't know when this is going to end exactly. So for now, yeah. we're kind of holding as is, um, and then we'll wait and see. We don't know yet um, what the plan will be once everything's back to normal, whatever you can define as normal, right in the in the future. Um, so um, we don't have a plan yet around that, but we'll continue this service as long as we think is needed, you know, to help during this crisis. So yeah, we do have to talk about security and privacy. I know you guys have the the 90-day plan, um, but I think this kind of exposed issues with, with uh, just video conferencing and collaboration solutions overall. So you know, how are you guys in the industry overall, um, you know, addressing those concerns? The security concerns specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, so um, what I was saying was, you know, we were built for enterprise, right? So, which means that most of our users have single sign-on authentication already. So we don't we didn't worry so much around you know unauthorized users entering meetings and some of the things we've seen because our enterprise users and their IT administrators always already are protected for that, right? They yeah. know who is on their network. Now, enter COVID phase and crisis and all these new use cases, right? You have teachers, yoga teachers, you know, people hosting a church service, whatever who are new to Zoom, haven't really been educated on it, and they're emailing out their IDs and putting it on the internet, you know, so anyone can find it, log in, um, and so forth. We had already options for people to password protect their meetings and do waiting rooms, but nobody knew that, so they weren't doing that, right? And so with that, unfortunately, you had people join meetings that were doing things that were not cool, right? And right. Um, and so what we did to make it even easier was, of course, we have a ton of tutorials and things online for people to get educated on. When you host a meeting, be careful, right? Don't post the meeting ID out on the internet and then not password protect it and then anyone yeah. can do it, right? Um, some simple tips like that. But other things are, you know, password protect your meeting, enable your waiting room. We also enhance the UI um, so that, you know, when someone is hosting a meeting, there's now a, this big security icon at the bottom, right? And that security icon, you know, you can click on it, you know, and you can do everything. You can lock the meeting, which means nobody else can join afterward. You can decide whether you want participants to share their screen or not, to share chat, whether you want them to be able to rename themselves. 
Um, also, if you know someone is doing something on the meeting you don't like, you can instantly remove them, participant, and report them right away to the authorities, right? So we've done all this, enhanced it after we saw some of those meeting incident reports that we were seeing, the meeting bombings that were happening. You know, if we quickly went into action to do that. Um, we also did this 90-day plan where we actually stopped all feature um, sets that were not security and compliance related and only focused on enhancing our security and compliance as a result of that as well. Um, and then, you know, with our new 5.0 product, we moved to GCM encryption, right, which is, um, you know, much higher encryption level as well. So make sure you upgrade if you haven't done that already, um, yeah. you know, and so that's part of um, everything that we've done as well. We also acquired a company called Keybase, right? Um, right. And their focus is really security. And the reason why we bought it was so we could acquire this team of security and encryption engineers, which are going to further accelerate our plan to build end-to-end -end encryption for the Zoom mm -hmm. platform. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, to remain transparent, we've also um, built out um, this end-to-end -end encryption that we've published on GitHub um, that people can review the design and give us feedback on the design as well. Um, and then we also... Um, hired Alex Stamos, who is a well-regarded um, tech industry security expert to our CISO council, and he's giving us advice right. as well. Um, and he talks on Facebook, I believe, right? He does, yeah. Um, so that also, and then on top of that, there were some issues, some people were concerned around, where is my data going? You know, which, mm -hmm. which part of the world? We've also allowed you to select, you know, um, which data centers, um, regions that you know, your account host can host their meetings, right? Um, as well, and also for the traffic, which allows you even more control and understanding of where your data is being, um, being housed. So, so that's a lot of stuff to do in 90 days, you know? So we've done a lot yeah. of things. We've been working around the clock um, to support that and to make sure our customers feel safe and secure on Zoom. And we're extremely mm -hmm. committed to that. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys have really re responded aggressively to us those concerns. Um, when is an encryption coming, or do you have um, you know, an estimated uh, period for that? You know, any any timeline? No, I don't know what the latest timeline is. Um, I think what we're planning to do is make sure once we feel comfortable with the design that it's ready, then we'll kind of let you guys know as to okay, that the design is locked. We'll let you know when we're planning yeah. to roll this out. It's not an easy feat. Nobody in our industry yeah. has it. You know, so yeah. our competitors claim it's not true. You know, they have it in, in limited feature sets. They don't really have, there's nobody does video end-to-end -end encryption today. So we would be the first. And that's what we aspire to do, is to be able to, mm -hmm. to deliver that. Um, so what happens after those, those 90 days? You know, um, you know, what, I mean, what are you planning to do in the way of security after those 90 days just to keep it, you know, current and, and secure and, uh, you know, just keep those concerns at a, at a minimum. Yeah, we're going to, regardless after the 90s, we'll still be focused on security and compliance. It's always going to yeah. be a focus for us. It's just that what we wanted to do during these 90 days was address all the immediate concerns we saw as a result of this huge influx and demand for us and usage to make sure that we had the right features and we locked down the main things that people were concerned about and only focus on that for 90 days. Um, and then after the 90 days, you know, we have to let our engineers go back to their normal jobs and focus on other stuff too. Cause we also, to your er earlier question is we're going to continue enhancing our product and building out our product set. Right. 
So they have yeah. to focus back on those things. So it doesn't mean we're not focusing. It just means that, um, you know, we'll, we'll feel really happy where we're at and we'll continue focusing on privacy and security, but also on increasing our product set and our feature set. Yeah. Yeah. So what are those features that you guys, you know, had to freeze uh, for those 90 days? And, um, and what could we expect to see in the way of new non-security features? Yeah. So, um, good question. So, I mean, there are things, anything from, you know, if there's, um, bug fixes, you know, some of the things around, um, I mean, like I talked about earlier, we want to enhance our chat feature set, right? Um, you know, we have a ton of things we're doing to roll out zoom phone globally, right? So focusing on that, um, increasing our API and our SDK set for our platform and our marketplace, right? So just features around those things, um, you know, that we, that, you know, we didn't, we weren't focusing on anymore because we were focusing on security. So we'll be kind of back to business to making sure that those other products we have are, are on the roadmap that we had designed earlier in the year. Well, Laura, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Um, you. I'm nice sure you guys you. Are, are, yeah, you as well. I'm sure you guys are still busy. So uh, keep plugging away. That would be great. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll send you the recording. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you'd like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.